Hey there, welcome back to the Northwest Audio Podcast, Midweek Formation, where we give some supplemental content to take your formation beyond Sunday morning. My name is Nick, I'm the community pastor here at Northwest, and I'm here with our lead pastor, Luke. Today we're expanding on Luke's message from Sunday called God Created Me to Create, and discussing what it looks like to accept God's invitation into partnership. What's up, Nick? Another epic intro. Oh man, you <laughs> took the words right out of my mouth. <laughs> I was I was gonna sunset that, brother, but you just brought it back. <laughs> it deserved to come back. It deserved to come back. Uh, man, welcome everybody. We are we have a great conversation to have today about Luke's message on Sunday. It was really good. I would I almost <laughs> I almost use the word divine to describe it. I hope you don't. But that was just like really. Uh, weird to say about a sermon because like, aren't they all kind of divine in some way? <laughs> divine message, not divine messenger. Uh, no, definitely not. Uh, but it was really great. And I think there were a lot of good takeaways that were convicting, um, just as far as like the, that call at the end of, you know, what, what has God brought to you and what are you going to do with that? Like, what are you, what are you going to do? Um, encouraging people to do something. So, Let's just get right into it. Let's let's talk about all the things. Uh, one of the first things I made a note of in in the message that was just like really standing out to me um, was the phrase that that is used in Genesis that he wanted to see what he would name them. Like God wanted to see what man was gonna do, and like what a weird concept. Totally, totally. Just weird. like God's like, oh man, what's he gonna do? Oh boy, like <laughs> he's I'm rubbing excited. his hands together, like Ooh, I can't. <laughs> I can't wait to see what, what this guy's going to do. Yeah. Like, um, but I think you unpack that a little bit in the message saying like, you know, he, God was excited to see man's creativity come to life. I, you know, we don't know what was going through God's head, you know, at this moment, but what he has said in Genesis two nineteen and 20 and two twenty, we can take to the bank. We can say, this is trustworthy. This is dependable. This is good. In part, uh, the, introductory comments I made after the passage about like Adam naming the animal kingdom and would he have had enough time <laughs> and you know the skeptics being like wait a second there's two million species there's no way he would have had enough time plus to the name dinosaurs to, oh, dude all that all that it's just like dude Genesis doesn't give two rats about that like Genesis is not answering the questions that we are asking right they aren't Genesis is not asking the question we are asking yeah no Easterner was just like that's a long day. I know. <laughs> no one was like, hmm. Yep. And I, this flies in the face of like Ken Ham's ministry. I love Ken Ham. I, I think he's the man. But like his whole ministry is like answers in Genesis. It's all about like the specific mm -hmm. truth is still conveyed in facts. However, the Bible is an Eastern uh, work and truth was conveyed through story, yep. not facts. Yeah. It is only in the Western mindset that truth is conveyed through facts. And so we have to contend with that. We have to wrestle with that because the reality is that Genesis is a narrative account of a true occurrence. Mm -hmm. And so creation happened, and this is the account of how it happened, but how it happened was being told in a story, and we're constantly trying to dissect the story for facts. Yeah. It's a it's an okay discipline. Yeah. I just don't think it's the greatest yeah. thing to take away. Yeah. The story wasn't meant to be dissected like that. It just 
look, I am all for the person who finds that interesting. There, there have been times in my life in ministry, I'm like, I find that super interesting too. But for the purposes of trying to help our everyday follower of Jesus, you, me, the rest of our congregation, understand dominion, mm-hmm. understand God's dominion and our dominion, it will all help us just to start reading Genesis and understanding truth, truth, <laughs> truth, understanding truth <laughs> as told through story. Yeah. And so when we have Genesis 2.19 and 2.20 and God has brought um, Adam, the animals to be named, uh, Adam and God are not concerned about answering the question that we are asking, which is how could have Adam named that many animals in that short of period? So I tried to answer that somewhat. Uh, ironically, using Ken Ham's ministry, (laughs) (laughs) but then make the point of, this is not the point. This is not the point. This is not the point. This is not even the point. He had 86,400 seconds, just like you and I did. But even if he didn't, it's still not the point. The point is is that God asked him to name the animals. The point is, is that God involved Adam. Yeah, 100%. The point is, is that God invited Adam to participate with him in a greater work that was well beyond Adam. Yeah. Which is such a better meeting. Such a better meeting. Like I would so much rather walk away from this verse being like, yeah, God invites participation rather than being like, wow, Adam, (laughs) Adam named all those animals in one day. (laughs) And he did in 17 second regiments. What's, what's more encouraging? (laughs) Yeah. And I'm all for it. Like, seriously, again, I have no qualms with, with that. I have, I want to go to the Ark Encounter someday. Like I want to, you know, Ken Ham's ministry is really beautiful. It touches a lot of hearts, but it, it doesn't set my heart ablaze, but that doesn't mean anything. If it means something to you, that's fine. I'm just saying that if you, if you want to really appreciate Genesis for what it is, Resist the temptation to dissect it, right, and allow it to be a, a narrative where you can see yourself in the story. Yeah, because Adam um, is literally the archetype of humanity. Right, literally, in one sense, we are all Adam and Eve. Yeah, in one sense, right. In a different sense, we're uniquely us, but in one sense, we all have the exact same story as Adam and Eve. Right, so we're invited into um, the goodness and the ways of Jesus and the way of life in the garden, this, this union with God. However, we were given the agency to um, understand good and evil. We had a double revelation. We now understand good and we understand evil. Um, and we took it upon ourselves, right, to govern over, over ourselves. Yeah. And so that's what cut the relationship. That's what ma- marred our union with, with God in the garden. When we see God bringing Adam, all of the animal kingdom to be named, we see God's first invitation to humanity to involve themselves in what God mm. is doing. First invitation yeah. to involve themselves in what God is doing. Could God have named all the animals? Well, of course he could have. Right. But he didn't. Yeah. He spoke, he spoke light into existence. He could have <laughs> sure. easily been like, you're a tiger. You're a tiger. <laughs> you're a bear. Oh my, like you're a lion. But he didn't. He didn't. He, right. he authorized humanity to yeah. do that on his behalf. Yeah. And what is so crazy is that God accepted the names and didn't correct them. Like, I don't like tiger. Yeah. Yeah, that I don't be like better. lion. I don't like bear. I'm yeah. going to rename your names. Like he didn't yeah. do that. I like this one, but this one could definitely <laughs> use a... You know, new choice, new choice, new choice. 
And so how cool is it that we see God's invitation for humanity to involve themselves in God's purposes right now when God could have sufficiently done that on his own. Right. But instead said, I love you. I made you for a purpose. Your life is not an accident. Your life is not going to be a waste. Assuming you trust me with your life. So that, that was the impetus behind it. Nick was to help our um, congregation get excited yeah. about God's invitation for them to name the responsibility that God's entrusted to them. Right. Thank God I don't have to name animals. That sounds like a pain <laughs> in the backside. Like, I don't like naming cats. Naming I don't like naming dogs. This is, so I'm thankful that I this is I don't think I have the creativity no, to name no. that many things in a day. And our people deserve to know that you and Maddie are taking one of the Edgerton household cats. Yes. And you named it? Becky. Becky. Yes. Our little kitty is named Becky. Yeah. We told Jude, we were like, are we going to get, are we going to get a kitty? She goes, yeah. We're like, what's its name? She goes, Beppy. 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 <laughs> it's the best. Um, but no, I, I do love that. Just like this idea of the participation that, that mankind is invited into. Uh, and what's beautiful to me is that that's like the, the recurring theme throughout the entirety of scripture is God inviting man to help him. Like, come join me in doing this. You know, we see after the fall and then, you know, with the, the people of Israel, God's like, hey, you want to join me? Like, I'm going to restore the world back to the garden. How about you join me? Come do it with me. I'm going to give you the authority to do this, this, and this, to be my representatives and go do these things. And then when, when those things over time don't work out, he sends Jesus and he says, hey, look, this is what you're supposed to do. This is the perfect partner. Like, this is the perfect way to participate with me, to walk with me, to be um, garden-like, union with me. And then, you know, like, this is that example in Jesus. And then he invites the church, and he says, hey, church, hey, people that follow, that follow this new way of living, this, this way of Jesus, this way of the, the perfect union with me, how about you join me in restoring the entirety world of the world to that? Yeah. Like, it's just this ongoing invitation to man. Um to partner with him in his work. Uh, and I just think that's, oh, I love that. I love that so much. I think that's what's really great about that sermon that you gave was that you are establishing this theme, you know, from the very beginning where God says, like, Adam, I want you to create with me. And then you're bringing it into now and you're saying, church, what is God bringing to you? God is bringing something to you because God is always bringing things to humanity for partnership always. And so it's like, what is God bringing to you? Um, and so obviously if you listened to that message, then you might've already thought about this a little bit, but I would just encourage you listener um, just right now. And even today, whatever it is that you're doing, if you have a moment at any point to just sit in silence and stillness to consider what God is bringing to you, what has God brought to your feet? And said, I want you to partner with me on this. I want you to join me in, in restoring the world in this way. I want you to join me in, in doing what I do best, which is bringing things to life and bringing chaos into order. And, um, and when you acknowledge that invitation, what does it look like now to accept that invitation? 
and to say, yes, God, I'm going to join. And so from there, I know a lot of us, I know a lot of people listening are probably now immediately jumping to the excuses that you talked about, Luke. Uh, so let's just, let's unpack those now. Let's do it, man. Let's push. Uh, the first thing that I would uh, tell our listeners is um, that these might not be the exact words that go through your head or the mm. exact words that you hear, yeah. but these are iterations of the very same things that humans say. Maybe not what you say, but what humans say is that number one, I don't know what to do with what God has brought to me. And we often don't know what to do with what God has brought to me for a variety of reasons where they're not paying attention to the assignment. Mm. Um, we're, you know, we're distracted by the weapons of mass distraction, uh, but we don't know what to do with this vision or this, this a burden that God yeah. has given to us. Um, and it is my deepest conviction that it is actually fear and the fear of failure that gets in the way of us trying anything at all. Mm -hmm. And so I would call the uh, shadow of that statement of, I don't know, it's because we are afraid. We are mm -hmm. afraid to try. We're afraid to give it a shot. And um, fear it has done more to slow the kingdom of God than anything else. Yeah, which is, is why fear. the enemy is always using fear. Oh, fear yeah. is his number one thing because fear is paralyzing. It's paralyzing. Fear just keeps us stuck. Yes. In one spot. Um, no, that's good. I feel like the, I don't know what to do is the typical, I mean, like you said, we're, we're scared to try anything. We're scared to jump out. We're scared to think of things. Um, I think particularly because sometimes the call, like sometimes the thing that has been brought to us, uh, involves a little bit of sacrifice. Hmm. Or it involves um, some extra work on our end, some things that we're like, I don't have the capacity, or I'm scared to give something up in order to do this. Um, I'm I'm scared to do whatever X Y Z that has to happen in order to take what God has given me. Um, and so, like you said, it's that fear that ends up like holding us back. Um, I would also say that to add to that, Nick, I would also say that I was just having this conversation. Uh, with someone regarding this very topic. And this person was telling me that each time they get excited and passionate about trying to materialize their future by just going for it. Mm -hmm. They just want to add that value. They want to fulfill that vision. They want to like conquer that burden. They want to yeah. go, go serve they, whatever it is that God has brought to them. And they feel like it's just within or just without their reach. As soon as the enthusiasm and excitement um, wanes a little bit, what they do is they shelve it. Mm -hmm. Like I'll get to it later. I would say it is better to try and to fail yeah. than it is to shelve it. Yeah. Shelving it is your surest way to never get to it because mm -hmm. you'll just shelve it every time. Right. Every time you get passionate, you'll get passionate and enthusiastic about it. And once the enthusiasm fades, you'll shelve it. Yeah. I'm telling you, attack when you're passionate. Attack yeah. when you're enthusiastic. And even if you fail, that's still better than yeah. shelving it. And so that to me is just like, you got to name your animals as soon as God gives them to you. And I think that's what's cool about how the math works out. So, you know, tip of the hat here to <laughs> Mr. Ken Ham, but like he named an animal every 17 seconds. Don't theoret stop. Theoretically. If you stop, if you stop for too long, then, uh, you know, you, you will get lost. Go you, attack, yeah. go attack. Name that animal as soon as God gives it to you. Don't shelve the animal, name it. And again, fear, fear of God's not going to accept the name of this animal. It's, it's a silly story we tell ourselves. 
God accepted all the names. Whether he liked them or not, he didn't even know. He didn't even let us know. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's good. Excuse number two. I can't see what God has brought me. And in honesty, Nick, there have been season in, in, seasons in my life and in everyone's life. So I, we, we do, we're, we're all alike, right? Mm-hmm. Where, where I have also not been able to see because I'm so focused on what some, uh, on what God brought someone else. Yeah. And this is such a danger. Like comparison yeah. and envy and jealousy is such a danger. And in full transparency, like this is one of the benefits of not having social media. Yeah. And like, 100%. You no, know, I'm, I, this is not some moral uh, high horse that I'm getting on right now. But like for me, it was hugely beneficial for me to not have social media. So I wouldn't accidentally compare myself yeah. to someone else or to something else. Absolutely. Because those things can happen so easily and without warning, you can just find yourself envying and being jealous of and comparing. And man, the enemy knows just how to trap your soul into non-motion. And so that's not a moral high horse. If you have social media and you can withstand the pressures of that, uh, go for it. Yeah, I couldn't, um, mostly because it was a weapon of mass distraction for me. And it was a place where I compared myself yeah. uh, or I would be like, wow, look what God's given them. I wish yeah. God would have given that to me. It's like, wait a second. God did give me something. Yeah. Well, not only that, I feel like it's a it's very much an Elijah situation with yeah. like the, the fire and yeah. the, the the thunder, all these things. It's like but he's in the whisper. Yeah. And I think we look around and we see people receiving fire. We see people receiving all of these big, huge things from God. It's like, look at all these people that were given this huge big vision from God. And we're expecting a similar kind of vision. Like that's what I got when you said you know, because you're looking at what God brought someone else. It's like, a, I'm looking at them and I'm thinking that whatever God is going to bring me is that yep. or is like that. Because yep. in my mind, I'm seeing that as um, a vision worth having uh, for whatever reason. And so I'm then unable to see what God is giving me because I'm not looking for mine. I'm looking at somebody else's Yep. and I'm expecting something like that. But God has given myself something completely unique. Um, and so... I think it's just so funny that the 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 excuse of I can't see it is really a, I'm not looking for it. 100%. Oftentimes. Say it's that again, like a, dude. Say that again. And I can't see it is because I'm not looking for it. If you're looking for what God has brought you as a person specifically, I, I'm you're sure you will it. find it. You're going to find it. You know, Jesus says, I think Jesus says, seek me and you will find me. Come on, dude. You know, like, uh, no, that's a, what, Jeremiah 29, 13? Seek, that God says, seek me, seek, me. seek me with all your heart and, and there will be yeah, found. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Um, like we have to remember that. We have to remember that if you're looking for it, God's not just going to like dangle it away and be like, ha ha ha. Or hide it. It's just out of his, <laughs> his vision. You know, like it's just out of the peripheral. He'll never see He'll it. Never see oh, it. Yeah. You know, like, no, like God isn't doing that. God desires to, to partner with you. And so he's inviting you into something. Um, but we put our horse blinders on and we don't, we don't look for it because we're looking at everything else. We're like, yeah. oh man, I can't wait for God to give me this big old huge vision. But little did we know this little conviction that we had earlier, that was it. That was the seed for the big that vision. That was the seed. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. know, it, it's these little things and maybe right now you don't have a clear, like, you know, tangible, this is the thing that I need to do. That's fine. I think, I think a lot of times 
those things come in stages. They do come in like little pebbles, little convictions and little stages uh, that, that ultimately then form into this, oh my gosh, God is calling me into this. Um, I mean, using the example of Mother Teresa, she didn't get that until she was what, 33? 33. And so like, I would say like, don't be discouraged. If you're like, I don't know, I I really truly don't know what it is. I'm looking around, I'm looking for it. I am, but I can't find it. So don't be discouraged. I'd say lean into the convictions, the small things that you have or whatever they are. Um, and, and if God sees that he can trust you to steward that, yeah, I think over time you'll find those things. Um, I always like to think that God is inviting us to walk through a door at any given moment. Um, go through a door, go through a window, whatever you want to use in that analogy. (laughs) Um, but sometimes I think he walks, he, he takes you through a door for the purpose of finding another door. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, I, I don't think it's, it's true to think that, oh, this is my vision. So this will be, this will be the thing for all my life. The rest of my life, it'll be only this thing. Sometimes you get brought to a place so that you meet someone and get brought to another place. You know, a perfect example of that. Uh, when I was graduating from high school, I didn't plan on going to college. Uh, I was just going to go work at a church and do worship ministry and do all the things. And a friend of mine was like, hey, this school has a really great scholarship for ministry and you should look into it. I'm like, ah, why not? I went to this little shindig they were having for it and some having some students look at it. And immediately I was like, I'm going to go here. Okay. Around that same time, my wife, Maddie, living in Indiana, was visiting out California where her, her dad's family in San Diego. Her dad went to the college across the street from the college that Maddie and I went to. And they're like, hey, let's go look at my old college. And so they went there. Maddie sees the school across the street and she goes, whoa, what's that? And they go across the street and she says, I'm going to go here. Both of us thinking, you know, we didn't know each other. Both of us thinking this school is because I'm going to go into worship ministry because I'm going to do this with my life. I'm going to, we both were like, I don't want to go back to uh, like Maddie was like, I don't want to go back to Indiana. I didn't even know where Indiana was on the map. (laughs) And so we're like, I was like, we were both planning on being in California people. We meet each other. We start dating. We get married. We both drop out of that school (laughs) and we both stopped being worship majors after one semester. Like what we thought was the plan, what we thought was the big vision ended up not being the vision we thought it was. Wow. It was just a door that led us to another door. Wow. That led us to the next thing. So it's like, it's almost like God is giving you a trail. You know what I mean? I think of like, he's like putting little pieces of food, like trail crumbs on the phone. You're like following it. You're like, Ooh, yum. You're like following this thing, like a little kid. Um, but I don't know. It's just, it's, it's this concept of God leading you along this journey. Um, and I think sometimes we need to take that with just one small step at a time, like one Mm. step rather than like, we are so impatient in our culture and we like want that. We want to know what our entire life is going to look like right now so badly. But unfortunately, we we don't. We don't know. And we won't know. <laughs> like we have to be okay with saying, I have this conviction right now and I'm gonna follow it. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna follow where God is leading me. And if eventually he leads me to a different thing, then I'm gonna follow him there too. Yeah. Like I'm just gonna keep following. Um and I think that's just as much a lesson from this from this message 
Um, I don't think it's just a, what's your life second calling. I think it's what's God calling to you right now. Like yeah, what is God, what point. is God putting at your feet right now sure. that's in an and initial, saying, Hey, you need yeah. to act on this. Sure. Like, even if it's something small of like a, I've been needing to reach out to somebody, but I've been putting it off. God yeah. has brought this to your feet yeah. and said, respond. Yeah. He's inviting yeah. you to do some work with him and, and we've been ne- neglecting it. We've been ignoring it. Um, and so I think that's a perfect example of we're looking for God in the fire. We're looking for God in the thunder. We're looking for God in this huge way saying, change my life right sure. now. But God's like, man, I just really wanted you to apologize to that person. <laughs> that was my big vision for you today. That was my big vision. That was my big vision. I just really wanted you to, to go love on this person. I wanted you to go check in on somebody. Yeah. Wow. Man, that is, dude. Like, I just wanted you to do something small so today. Yeah. And there's, there's just as much value in that. Um, and when we neglect those little things, it then leads us to neglect those big things. Yeah. Um, because over time, you know, the habits that we have and the, the little things that we do then slowly form us into character and leads to all those different progressional things. But sure, sure. Um, I don't know. That's kind of mm. my spiel that I just Dude. went on. <laughs> Bro, that you just <laughs> preached a sermon in the middle of the podcast. <laughs> that was, uh, that was edifying. Uh, let's keep going. <laughs> <laughs> Third excuse. I don't like what God has brought me. That's real. That's real. And a little embarrassing <laughs> to like just admit that. To be like, yeah, I don't like this God. I'm not a fan. It's like, are you sure? You didn't you sure mistake this? this for somebody else? I, I thought you were really going to give me something a little better. Yeah. Yeah. And I would encourage you, people that have, uh, if you have ever said no to God, mm. if God has like been like, hey, do this, and you're like, no, there's forgiveness. <laughs> It's not the end of the world. Like, um, God can redeem that. Yeah. And so I think sometimes we beat ourselves up of like, oh my gosh, I said no that day. That person will never get saved because I didn't do my part or, you know, th- this God thing. God will never yeah, involve like, me yes. in anything. Yeah. It's not oh my goodness. Work. No. God has a relentless pursuit yes. of you. And if you say no today, he'll just ask you again tomorrow for something different. Um. But that, I just wanted a short disclaimer. Yeah, I'm glad that. you said that. The shadow of that statement is that we really haven't given it the time and attention it deserves to be developed. Mm-hmm. And so we may not like it for the simple reason of we've not poured ourselves into it. Yeah. You know, and I don't, I don't care what it is. You, the listener, can fill in the blank. Like, if if your marriage looks very different at year five than you thought it would at year five, mm. maybe the day you got married, you thought your marriage would look this certain way in three yeah. or five years, but then three or five years went by and it looks like something dramatically different. You're like, oh, I don't, I don't know that I like what God brought to me in my marriage. And <laughs> I want to ask you, have, have you given your marriage mm. the time and attention it deserves to develop into something beautiful? Yeah. The grass is greener where you water it. Yeah. Bro, it's like I heard that somewhere sometime. Yeah. <laughs> um, it is, it is, it's a little pithy, but it's so true. Man. Yeah. It's just so true. And that is true for our careers. That is for, true for our relationship with our children. It is kind of the silly saying of like, do the best with what you have. Yeah. Make the best use of it. It was uh, the Roman poet Horace. How would you like to have that name? <laughs> <laughs> that uh, coined the phrase carpe diem 
Mm. Which means, literally, it means to pluck the day. We interpret it as seize the day. Pluck the day. Pluck the day. Um, which basically is just a definition for like, dude, make the best with what God has entrusted you with and yeah. enjoy it as it's, as it's given. Yeah. Like pluck the apple off the tree. It might have a warm hole, worm hole or two, but guess what? If you don't eat the apple today, it's going to be fully rotten tomorrow. Mm. Carpe diem. Seize the day. And I know, I mean, that's a little, you know, maybe a little sacrilegious to bring in Roman poetry. But nah. but the point is true of of like if you don't like what God has brought to you, what do you think is gonna be better about tomorrow? Right. Like what what are you waiting for? Are you yeah. waiting for the apple to like be so perfect mm. before you eat it? Yeah, you're waiting for it to be just right. Just right? Yeah. It's like, no, dude. Like you you are going to make it, it what it is. Yeah. If God has brought you something to grow and to develop and to love and to nurture and to cultivate and to care for. Um, I hate to say it again, it's another pithy saying, but like we get out of what God has brought to us by what we put into it. Yep. I mean, I, there's just no other way to say it. Yeah. 100%. That, that's the, that's the co-partnership. If, if Adam was just like, yeah, uh, animal one, animal two, animal three, <laughs> animal four, animal five, animal six, animal seven, animal eight. It's like, that's so lame. <laughs> But that he took so the thoughtful time to name the animals creatively. Animal <laughs> Tiger, one. lion, yeah. bear. And then he got really tired at hour 24. Platypus. Like, platypus. <laughs> it was just a sigh. Platypus. Just platypus. And God still accepted it. Yeah. So if you don't like what God has brought to you, mm. give it the time and attention and develop it into something you do like. Yeah. You have agency to do that. That is well within your power. Yeah. A couple other thoughts on that. I would say sometimes I think um, fear comes into this one as well. Yeah, it does. Of like, we don't like something because uh, it makes us uncomfortable. You know what I mean? Like I think of, um, oh, God's asking me to go do this thing, but that makes me super uncomfortable. That goes way outside my, my, my comfort zone. Um, and so I'm scared to step out that in that way. And so I don't like it. I don't like that. I would rather do something that's really easy for me. Something that really comes naturally. Uh, and so I think it's really good for us to be honest with ourselves about why we don't like it. Like if we say, I don't like what God has brought me. Why? Why? Is it uncomfortable? Is it because it doesn't line up with your interests? Is it because of whatever reason? And just try to get to the root cause of, of that dislike and try to, you know, pluck that out. Um, Another thing that I would say on that is get over it. <laughs> Bro, speak to my heart. <laughs> I, I I think to an extent, there's a, I think God desires us to like the things that, that he invites us to. And I think he typically invites us to things that, you know, we're passionate about because he uses our passions. Um, but I also think sometimes... He invites you to do something because he thinks that you are in a the, just the right spot to do it, just the perfect position to do it. Um, and as followers of Jesus, as followers of God, um, with with God as King, with Jesus as Master, sometimes we just need to get over ourselves and just say yes, whether we like it or not, because it's not up to us. Like when you're a kid, 
and your parent says, hey, go clean your room, and you're like, I don't want to, guess what? You have to go clean your room. Like, you know why? Because your boss told you to. You know, if you're at work and your boss says, hey, I need this by tomorrow, you're like, ah, I don't want to do that. <laughs> guess what? You're still going to do it. Yeah, get over it. I yeah, love it. Get over get yourself. Get over it. Get over it. You're going to do it because your boss told you to. Yeah. And so I think yeah. sometimes, yeah. sometimes because of God's grace, we don't view him in the same way and we just kind of write him off. Yeah. We're like, ah, it's fine. I'm forgiven. I'll just do something. He'll give me something different tomorrow. Not a big deal. No, you're missing out on so much formation. You're missing out on that garden experience every time you say no. Yeah. Like the whole reason that Adam and Eve got kicked out of the garden and out of union with God is because they said no. Yeah, that's a good point. It's because they said, I don't want to do what you told me to do. Yeah. And so when God gives you something, he says, do this. I think it's important for us <laughs> um, to come to terms with the fact that we should just do it. And Dude, we should just expect that God is going to bring something good out of that because that's what God does. Yeah. Whether we like it or not. That's my two cents. No, <laughs> your two cents was super inspiring. It, honestly, it made me think of like, so whenever my wife um, has something for me to assemble, <laughs> like a children's yes. like Christmas toy or birthday toy, yep. most recently, um, you know, we got a new small piece of workout equipment for our basement gym. Mm -hmm. Uh, we know we take our physical health very seriously. And so the other day she, uh, she ordered this new piece of workout equipment. It was pretty small, but it still took, you know, some time for me to assemble. Yeah. Well, once I was done assembling it, it turned out it was actually the wrong piece of equipment. No. So I had to disassemble it. Okay. That's so funny. Here, here's why I shared that is because like, I'll be honest, Nick, I hate assembling things like with directions and assembly like it's just so annoying like it just takes up time like i don't want to follow someone's directions i want to take my own liberties with That's like so assembling something but you know what i discovered when i disassembled this piece of workout equipment to have it shipped back again it really didn't bother me this time over the years i have learned to like it mm. i started out disliking assembling furniture, children's Christmas or birthday toys, workout equipment, or whatever else. Because everything that says some assembly required is a lie. It's all assembly is required. <laughs> this will take up half your day, yeah. most of your mental energy, all of your spiritual vitality for the day. But you know what, brother? Like, like you said, like get over it. It's amazing. If you just embrace and engage you might just find out that you can learn to like something. Mm. Because when I was assembling this piece of workout equipment and disassembling it, I did it with my two-year-old son, who he just interrupted the whole time and <laughs> pretended like he was doing it. And it turned out to be a really sweet little yeah. memory. Yeah. We can learn to like it. Yeah. We, we can. Once we, like you said, get over it. Yeah. It's amazing how we might just learn to like it. Yeah. I think it's beautiful. Is that the more you do it, the more you'll be like, yeah, this is, I'm happy to do this. I'm happy to serve. I'm happy to, to partner with God in, in whatever way that I'm asked to. That's great. Uh, there's obviously a lot more to unpack in this message. Um, you know, we kind of like scratched the surface with just those excuses, but I think those were the things that we really needed to touch on. Um, because those, even after a message like this, uh, that addresses those excuses, I think we still hold them. We still cling to them. 
Um, and so listener, I would just encourage you after listening to this today, like I said before, just take some time, do a little check on yourself. Um, you know, what has God brought to you? Look for it. If you, if you don't like it, why? Like, what are these things that, that you're wrestling with um, that God has brought you, whether they are big or whether they are small? What has God brought to you for partnership um, in, in, in kingdom work? We'll wrap it up there. I also do want to let you know that we will not have a podcast next week. We'll be taking a one-week break um, and then coming back in just a few weeks um, talking about Lent. So it's going to be super exciting. Make sure you tune in for that episode, but we'll have a break next week. So if you have questions or things you want us to talk about on the podcast, please let us know. You can do that by going to our media tab on the website at mercyroadnw.com. And on our website, you'll also be able to find more details and information about our community. And you can get a hold of me or Luke directly as well if you go to the staff page. So thanks for joining us, and we will talk to you again soon. <laughs>